If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, okay, we're into uh, part three of our Christmas, now New Year, <laughs> now Brexit special, twenty twenty two Valentine's special, uh, Happy Easter, Happy Easter. Yeah. yeah, Merry. The summer's looking great. <laughs> fucking that vaccine was a total bummer, but we got there. We got there. When that fucking mental, when that guy sprouted those extra arms, I know. Yeah, did you, so did you hear we were recording. Like being like fucking, being like totally anti-Brexit all of a sudden. What's all and gay and gay? <laughs> I so. Don't know. We're recording this on the 16th of December 2020 at 9.43pm. <laughs> we need to uh, mark it. Mark literally it. three hours since we started recording yeah. the beginning I mean, of I've uh, not had this Christmas special. So Any pies. dinner. I had a foot-long Subway meat mall... Meat... Meat... Meat mall? <laughs> meat mall. <laughs> Meatless marinara at 1.30pm. They're actually pretty good, though, so by the way. They're no. all right. I can't no. work out what sauce to have with them. So. Southwest. It's not vegan, so... Mm. You know what else is not vegan? What's that? Taylor Swift. That wine you just drank, no. <laughs> I mean, wine. I, I don't look at the back of wine. It doesn't have My eggs God, or fucking chicken rude. in it, so it's fine. You would you would need to go to Barnivore. Yeah, no, no. Barnivore. I mean, booze, booze is not, not vegan. Not vegan? No, it is. It's not. It, it's not confirmed. They can't to not guarantee be. it. Exactly. Exactly. And Hence, do you know what? Not I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking country vegan. Fucking yeah, country vegan, not city vegan. City vegans take that shit seriously. Country vegans are just well, like... Look, it's made by monks. Monks are fucking... Terrible they, they at social media. They don't have TVs, so therefore their carbon footprint is low, so I'll have it. No, speaking monks, of, uh, monks are terrible at retweets. Let's, oh, yeah, let's that is speaking true. of veganism, uh, one of the things that was trending on Twitter today, which is the 16th of December <laughs> 2020, yeah. was consensual cannibalism. <laughs> Mate, yeah, that's yeah. been trending in this podcast for about fucking 18 months. Yeah, we've months. talked about that three How or four times. times. I spoke to my vegan pal about that and he's like it's not it's not about consent it's not about being consensual vegan is just another word for eating plants he's talking shit who is this he's a pal he's my pal who has how close hey look, he's I'm got your a vegan quit. pal not I'm w- your vegan pal just ask he's me also, he's also you've, got, you've got one one Mark you've got one you've got one already one he's also like it's not Dave but he's, two, not he's also got a question on this podcast and three he's got a PhD in political philosophy so. right, hang on let's hey, parse this I've got a 2-2 two, two in politics and philosophy joint honours mate is this uh, I've, I've got, got your a PhD two, up your arse I've got a 2 in French did I <laughs> I've got a 4 in Italian <laughs> hang on a minute hang on a minute talking right. about vegan the new Taylor I, Swift album. Yes. <laughs> Segway. <laughs> Talking about uh, being seen. So, uh, so this is part three, part fucking three, three of part the unsung podcast Christmas special, yep. whereby we consume 
a copious a, amount of alcohol. A reasonably to, respectable amount of booze at this point. Compared and to how to much what have we've you been had? To, <laughs> we're beyond the hang on, we're beyond the Goldilocks point. <laughs> yeah, we're whereby you can't say the word Goldilocks. <laughs> um the silly bit. One of the silly bit. It, it, the ratio of good commentary to fumbled syllables. <laughs> I mean, I do that quite a lot anyway because my brain is faster than my mouth. <laughs> anyway, so the point being, we take questions from the audience and we answer them. But this year, the difference is that we have taken some of those questions and we've sort of uh, delegated them. Shall yes. we say? We've delegated <laughs> them. Hang on. We're taking some of our questions <laughs> and we've delegated them to the audience. Um, and so some of our uh, co-hosts, so sometimes and co-hosts sometimes guests. and sometimes guests, have taken it upon themselves to answer those questions on our behalf. Yeah, so, you know, I don't know if you guys have heard of this artist before, right? Hang on, hang on. If you want to subscribe to the Unsung <laughs> Podcast, because we're so bad at this so part of it. We really are. Go to Unsung Pod. No, no. Don't, don't, go, to, go to Patreon. Don't listen to him. Go to patreon.com forward slash Unsung Pod. Go to Gordon's Gin. Go to Gordon's Gin. <laughs> uh, <laughs> go to Amazon. Uh, just do the gift certificate thing. <laughs> just send us fucking 20 quid. Uh, uh, right, you go to patreon.com slash Unsung Pod. Sign up. You get to hear the episodes early. It's all great. Blah, and blah, if, blah. If you su- it's all great. Yeah. So there's, there's a lot anyway, of, our next... Oh, oh, there's a lot of cool stuff, right? So if you $2, you get shit early. $5, we'll, we'll do a personal anthem for you. <laughs> You know, but see if you got up to as high as stop throwing Basil about, Chris. You're you're making a mess of the place. <laughs> he loves it. <laughs> I can smell it from here. Over here. I can smell it from here. Um, but if if you're if you're one of these people that like to donate twenty dollars or twenty pounds a month, then we will, we will make you a t-shirt. And goddamn, we've made some fucking no, great t-shirts. Hang on, hang on. For two months, though. this was months, a foolhardy yeah. promise because. I will not design a t-shirt for 20 euro fucking euros. 40 euros for 40 euros, right? So that's two months of anyway, 20 euros. Anyway, go and donate to the pod. Yeah. David, what's this question? Uh, so, so-and-so is an American singer-songwriter. Their narrative songwriting, which often centres around their personal life, has received widespread critical plaudits. Widespread. <laughs> widespread <laughs> critical <laughs> plaudits and media coverage. Is that Conor O'Bears from Bright Eyes? Now, am I talking <laughs> about... Sean The Paul Simon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dolly Parton. Am I talking about Jonah Matranga, former singer of Far and uh, I see we did solo there. singer? Or I did am I talking about Taylor Swift? I see we did there. Could you be talking about both? I'm talking about both. Mm. And what we have now is Jonah Matranga talking about Taylor Swift. Uh, the question from Kat Alize. Kat Alize. Kat Alize. From Canada, by the way. She's, she's from, from Canada. Canada. Oh, Kat, Alize. Kat, Kat Bailey. She she's is simply actually asked, from the south of England. But she's she from Canada, so that makes sense. in right? Canada. Our IP folklore, address from Canada. <laughs> what? Like, fucking shut up, lads. <laughs> folklore versus Evermore. And we decided to ask our good friend and former guest, Jonah Matranga, from FAR, Folklore versus Evermore. Hmm. Well, the first thing I thought of was this record of B-sides that I made called And Furthermore. And, uh, there's a lot of neat stuff on there. It's not on the Spotify's and stuff because there's all sorts of screwed up things that I can't really understand. Um... I think I'll listen to it now. I haven't heard those songs in a long time, but I'm sure that I will like them more than either of those Taylor Swift records. <laughs> I did say we should not have that question. <laughs> no, no, that's <laughs> fucking perfect. <laughs> Correct. That's the amount of time that we need to spend. All right, Jonah. Uh, I mean, I kind of agree. <laughs> yeah, I mean, fuck it. Like, Taylor Swift has released two indie albums but, but hang produced on. by the cunt from the National that are Corrin. specifically designed to appeal to anti-establishment hipsters who love flat whites and, Whoa. like, I mean, the best type of coffee. <laughs> but okay. look, they are two albums that are just products for a specific audience to go beyond the mainstream and just try to get cool legitimacy and I mean I just I don't I don't care like Taylor Swift is fine she does some good pop songs 
I'll maybe listen to these albums in five or ten years and go, oh, do you know what? There's some good tracks off them. Probably better than the National because the National are fucking boring. Yes, they are uh, fucking do boring. Do you know what? Like, these are probably our worst records because they're not co-written by lots of really good songwriters. They're just co-written by a really fucking Seems boring middle-aged case, man. Exactly. You know, that's a consensus. Yeah, I know, but she, she is literally like that pop star that we've talked about along with Tom York and Aphex Twin who is untouchable. She's like the untouchable anti-pop star who's a pop star who can sell a hundred million records but it's still somehow unreproachable unre- i mean uh, i don't i don't care you know i think maybe the first one is was a genuine attempt to do something maybe a bit interesting i haven't heard it vintage tea brand new phone high heels on cobblestones when you are young they assume you know nothing I'm just going to put that out there I've not listened to either albums because I saw that they were both an hour long and I was like you know what I'm not going to fucking waste my time listening to that do you know what do you know what the world really needs (laughs) is three reviews of a female album by three white men who have not heard the album you're right you know what (laughs) I retract my opinion it's it's irrelevant Chris moving on well, we already have uh, <laughs> Jonah's input in this. Yeah, exactly. Fuck it. I mean, What's the next I've question? actually heard Jonah's B-Sides record, and it is, uh, it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally not what we're talking about. The, but the, uh, the cynic in me says that I think maybe the second one is, is trying to cash in on the lockdown vibe. I think that's well, the I, Yeah, but I think I that was like a that was basically a B-Sides, or not B-Sides, but that was just leftover... But also, I'm drunk and I've not listened to the record, so what the fuck do I really know? Yeah, okay, so next (laughs) up, AJ Borthwick. Wait a minute! Oh, Chris, what's your opinion? National are you Are you assuming that I have an opinion? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, AJ Borthwick. Hang on. (laughs) Mark. Christopher. Hold my beer. Oh, shit. (laughs) It's gone down. Oh, no, he's listened to the records. (laughs) Taylor Swift. Did you listen to them? Yeah. Right. Chris. Yes. Yet? Yes. Okay, sorry. Let's go back. Okay, for we'll a be back to you uh, in one hour. There's, there's two men, <laughs> two straight white men in this podcast. I'm not listening to the albums, and there's one that has, and it's not the one that anybody would expect. So this is is this when you pull the steel chair and just whack us on the back with it? <laughs> a wee bit, a wee bit. <sighs> I mean, okay, I'll make this good. You've got that's eight that's minutes. <laughs> eight minutes, Max. That's a drunken, <laughs> drunken. I'm mean, good. There's a lot see, of gin. Like literally, moments. see when I see eight minutes coming up, you're getting pulled off. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> um, Taylor Swift is not music. <laughs> <laughs> All right, done. that's it. Done. <laughs> I think the closest analogy I can think of is like a Spartan pop. So I th- yeah, I think what we have is. I really, really want to distance myself from the idea that I don't like pop music because I hope... Because you nominated LaRue, so... <laughs> exactly. No, absolutely. And by the way, that's going to appear in this this episode. I love pop music. Mm-hmm. Fucking, we, we spoke about Super Trooper coming out the Abba, week, yeah. the, the week I, I, I think born. what you don't like is, like, false music. Exactly, right. So this is a Spartan pop in the sense that this is a substitute for, like, real... Real pop music. So, what's real pop music now in your in your, um, in your eyes? Okay, that's definitely a hard thing to pin down. <laughs> what what I can say with these records, I think Taylor Swift has really demonstrated that. First of all, it's not a person; it's a brand. Market okay. savvy. Let's be really, really clear in this aggregating that. Right, we're not talking about one woman. I think that also lends itself to sort of deflection from the criticism. See if you think you're like criticizing one person. It's like, oh this this girl, this this young woman is like a inherently evil, inherently void, whatever. Right? That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a brand. We're talking about one of one of the top three biggest musical brands in the entire planet in the history of the world at this point, at the zenith of like commercial capitalist culture, okay. We, I mean, it couldn't get any bigger and more abject than this. And the the genius of her marketing is to disguise that fact, is to, for example, deflect criticism with indie credentials. Yeah, yeah I mean, to some extent, but to even d- d- in any way deflect from the fact that this is one of the most acutely realised forms of capitalism that's ever existed. Right? We are, we are, we're like literally talking about a philosophical. I, I <laughs> have the fucking looking glass here. Like, yeah, no, but I, I have friends that started being hipster for 
the fact that they liked Taylor Swift I, I when, same, yeah. when she was just pure country mm-hmm. and they were in a fucking brand new and they were like oh do you know what I actually like this pop country musician Taylor Swift and they put they like made their personal brand about the fact that they like this uncool musician and it felt like whoever was in charge of Taylor mm-hmm. Swift knew about that and was making was like betting against the fact that Taylor Swift would go from being uncool to cool and flip the entire yeah. view of her and she would go from being this random country music pop starlet to being this anti-establishment pop star within the establishment. Can I can I Taylor Swift is an expanding void, right? Taylor Swift is the black hole at the centre of the fucking Milky Way, right? (laughs) Engulfing the whole fucking thing. Her crack in the armour was the country music thing, right? And what you have is a young woman breaking through, doing this little thing that should have been small and should have disappeared, whatever, but it didn't. Somebody saw that. Somebody in the marketing departments and and the labels saw that. And they capitalised upon it for a variety of reasons, for a bit of voice, a bit of skill, a bit of like look. A very memorable name. Na- well, sometimes like, it's as simple yeah, as yeah, yeah. It's, often, yeah, it's often a name. Yeah, it's like the name, thing. Yeah. I, I like, it's, it's, it's one of those sort of ephemeral... Why sort I don't of, think like, Casey Musgraves, who I think is better than Taylor Swift, will ever be as big as Taylor mm-hmm. Swift because literally she has more letters in her name. But what you have now is somebody that started in country that sort of expanded into pop has consumed pop like a giant fucking black hole and has now realised that a lot of the people that listen to pop and Mark, we've got friends in common close friends in common that have uh, alternative tastes but also dabble with the likes of alternative singer-songwriter stuff, okay so You mean me? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Marissa Nadler's like a really great example. Okay, so they'll they'll dabble with like pop stuff, but they'll also have these much more niche tastes that satisfy a certain need. Taylor Swift, the expanding void, has expanded and identified this enormous market. The National were her gateway to that. There's a credibility, there is like a kind of emo country singer-songwriter niche here. It brings the, the, the pure country into the alt country, which is way cooler. Mm-hmm. You know, the... I, f- I know he's cancelled now, feeds but like back. The, the, the Ryan Adams... Yeah, it's 100%. Kinda, the that, Ryan that Adams, I was going to say that. That cool alt country vibe, you know, it's like... Yeah. It's bringing the credibility back to country if you're not a, a hick, basically. Yeah, yeah, hick, yeah. You know? And this is the thing, like, her management, her label have identified... A huge market in that the national and the people behind the national have identified an ability to cash in on their credibility inverted commas as uh, gatekeepers to that credibility for a number of acts not just taylor swift they've seen this ability to tap into people's needs to hear something quite personal what really amazes me about taylor swift is that what you have is an artist that is now branched into professional lion um and Fucking hell, so many of my friends have a soft spot for this artist, but it's very, very hard to take to take their judgment seriously. I mean, the, the, there's a lyric in this which is, um, I knew you'd come back to me. Is it okay to hear that when it's not real? But is it okay to hear that when it's written by spreadsheet? Is it okay to hear that Do when... Do you know what? I, I get you, because sometimes I think pop music is like fast food, right? And, I'm, and I, I give it that... Back to the cheeseburger thing. For yeah, the, the, the cheeseburger thing with the health episode. But what I never did in the health episode was the fact that at no point does the cheeseburger pretend to have emotional relevance. At no point Absolutely. does the cheeseburger go, I mean something to you. The cheeseburger always says, I'm, a fucking cheeseburger. I'm here to make you feel full when you're hungry. Mm. I'm fun. I'm fun. I'm, fun. I'm just a fucking cheeseburger. Whereas... Yeah, Taylor Swift goes, no, I'm a, I'm a cheeseburger, but I'm the cheeseburger you had when you were 12 years old. Absolutely. When you met that boy. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, that, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of, like, we've, we've been dancing around this issue for like, 
for about two years, right? And it's going to take, I think it's probably going to take another year of uh, trying to really get to the core of it. But what we have here is someone that's not just pretending to be a cheeseburger, as Dave says, right? It's someone that's trying to appeal to very, very... Very m- like much more profound emotions, and there's something really, really disingenuous about that. And what we see when I say about the expanding void, they're appealing in more and more intimate emotions. They've gone from pop, so we all love eighties pop. We all love waiting for a star to fall. We all love like no, fucking I mean, you, you, you love that. <laughs> Hang on, <laughs> I do love that. We love like fucking stupid Mariah Carey or Huey Lewis or fucking Prince. But see when someone tries to capture that little fucking moment when those people actually appealed to our genuine humanity, there's something quite invasive about that. And I think like Taylor Swift has crossed the line with these two albums to the point of trying to go from being facile pop to being actually intimate singer songwriter. Like her, basically, long story short, her labels have identified a market that they don't want. They don't want to leave any dollar untouched. They're like, there's a dollar, there's credibility. Let's fucking hone in on that. It's a quiet time. It's downtime. It's personal time. It's lockdown. Let's fucking hone in that. And there's something incredibly insincere about that. Do you know what you've you've totally touched on? Why I haven't listened to either of those records. I don't. I didn't listen to the new national record because. I knew I'd probably find it quite boring, right? Yeah, I mean, it is. But I didn't listen to the new Taylor Swift record because I knew that maybe I might not find it boring and I'm, it might actually appeal to me on a some sort of, you know, on a base level and it might capture me and I would hate myself for it because I know how fake it is. Exactly, like, yeah. Like, if, it's if, very, if it's the, the science... Like, I have actually listened to most national records and they are all just boring. But if one stood out to me and I went, oh, do you know what? I actually like that record. Then that's fine because they've done their job and they have been genuine in capturing my attention. Whereas if Taylor Swift did it, she has used the national to then capture my attention. Which is exactly what's happened here. It's exactly what's happened here. That's why I've I've not listened to them. Because it's fake. And the thing is, right, even if you're at the level of Taylor Swift, where you've got almost bottomless fucking budget, right, it's still hard to make sure that every release is a hit. That's that's still a hard thing to achieve. What is amazing is that they have identified the next route to take. I mean, basically all that Taylor Swift has to now do is to avoid creating so much dissonance in the audience that has already subscribed to her brand and they just don't want to snap them out of that fucking illusion. There's nothing real about this. Taylor Swift is a complete fucking mirage. I mean, she's singing lyrics she didn't write to songs that she didn't write about subjects she doesn't relate to in order to make money that she has no fucking say in. I mean, it's in every fucking level completely fucking facile. So when people say, you know, this album versus that album, this entire fucking aspect of her career, right down to the photo shoots of her with homely jumpers and haircuts, it's so it's so incredibly insincere that anybody even taking it seriously is so completely misled. But I so I just want to say like if somebody else did something like this down a different route, it would say, for instance, be Ed Sheeran, right? The same level of pop star as Taylor Swift, mm. and he came from doesn't uh, have the sex no, appeal. No, no, no. But he came from a sort of busker grime background, mm. uh, and he did release this sort of hip hop grime record last year, I think. It's 
fucking shit and nobody really listened to it. Justin Bieber stuff on yeah, it. Yeah, nobody it? really paid attention to it. And I think it maybe had a fucking Skepta track on it or something like that. But Almost certainly, yeah. It didn't, it didn't work like this did and it didn't have the credibility that this did. And it maybe didn't appeal to the same emotional depth that Taylor was trying to appeal to. But <laughs> what I'm saying is that Taylor Swift's record or management company wanted to appeal to this alternative indie depth and Ed Sheeran's label and management wanted to appeal to this grime reality that he also kind of came from but she just had a slightly more realistic connection to that Mm -hmm. than he did and it worked better I just think it's the same bullshit like Ed Sheeran is not a fucking grime artist you're right but but she's not a real and nobody nobody fucking thinks that Ed Sheeran is from the street but the problem is people think that Taylor Swift is from the heart mutual friends of ours have yeah. have adopted these albums these specific albums in place of the likes of Marissa Nadler of Sharon Van Etten of Siobhan Wilson they em- have they Ruth have Ruth, uh, fucking Emma <sighs> Emma Pollock Emma Ruth Rundle Emma Ruth Rundle Emma fucking, Ruth Rundle yeah, that but, kind of stuff, or yeah. Emma Pollock like, like they have literally Taylor Swift's company have identified a spare dollar in this market, a huge dollar in this market of like very, very personal singer songwriter relations mm-hmm. that have said, "Hey, by the way, let's let, let, let suck that out of the likes of these bands that we've talked about." Mm-hmm. Like Sharon Van Etten is selling fewer records and because people that we know are listening to Taylor Swift to yeah, satisfy. And you know what? Last episode we talked about Brexit, and if you have a hundred quid a month to spend on music, you might spend a hundred quid. I'm going to see Taylor Swift rather than going to see fucking 10 10 pound tickets for amazing other alternative artists it's awful so it's awful (laughs) you know what I know right Uh, like I've started writing reviews for Clash magazine which is an indie alternative yeah you have Uh, yeah you have yeah exactly an indie (laughs) alternative magazine and it takes Taylor Swift seriously. Do you know why I think that is right? And my, my it's opinion... It's a black takes her no, seriously. No. It's a black hole. No, Chris, my opinion is actually significantly more cynical than yours. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. It really is, right? So, I actually think, Chris, that you're robbing her of a lot of agency in this process. No, I'm not. Right, mm. no, no, because have you seen her social media presence? She fucking knows what she's doing, man. She's in charge of the whole fucking show. You think she writes any of those fucking posts? The songwriting's irrelevant at this point. It's about the no. fuck. It's, no, it's about Do you the... think she writes any of those? No, it's coming she back might. to what you said at the start. Taylor Swift, the brand. Fuck like I off, no, man. I think you're being sexist because I don't think that you right, I, doubt that Elon Musk writes his posts, but I think you doubt that Taylor Swift writes. I think his he's posts. a fucking tool as well. Yeah, he's a tool. Yeah, right, no, but you, you know, I think he, you think he's in charge of being a tool, and you think Taylor Swift is is not in charge of her being a tool. I think you know what? I, I've, no, she, she's I, not. I would, I would she's rather, not. I would rather listen to I'd rather listen to a Taylor Swift song that was co-written by Max Martin than I would by anybody else, right? Because I know it's going to be a decent fucking pop song. No. Right? Yeah, no, 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 no. But I I but think. She, I, I believe she's picked that. And I believe she's picked the national because she's fucking complete control over her brand. Because that'll be. That'll Bullshit. Be, no, that, that'll be the agreement she had because. Bullshit. No, nah, I, I think that's totally true. Bullshit. No, but do you know what? The problem that I think is maybe in between the two of your perspectives, i.e., big Diplomacy Dave over here, <laughs> is, <laughs> is the Dave. fact that she's chosen a genre that has some sort of emotional depth see if Britney Spears just decided to use Hudson Mohawk or Rusty or whatever to do a trap record it would be fine because there's like it's just about dancing and it's just about depth whereas Taylor (laughs) Swift has chosen The National which is all about personal connection guys guys at this point Britney Spears is like the fucking Jesus lizard of pop. Man. Oh, I mean, right? no doubt this she is fucking thing, is. Man. Right, Britney Spears right now is way less commercial than Taylor. And funnily enough, Swift. we're talking about two females who have both had their no, but music Hank, stolen <laughs> by yeah, white men. Here's the thing, right? The genius of Taylor Swift is the illusion of credibility. I agree. I am not, like... Totally agree. And this is the fucking built-in brilliance of this whole model, is that when you attach this to a young white woman, 
there's like a hurdle to overcome to, to criticise this. Like, we don't have the same problem with Matchbox 20. We don't have the same problem Why? like, fucking, like, hang on. I, like, for the, for Do you realise that we're on <laughs> question one? And listeners of episode listeners <laughs> Why not a close line here? No, we, we, we fundamentally agree on the, cynicism, the, cyn- the cynical side of it, man. But I think that if, if you're an artist who's trying to be relevant and you're a woman these days, you're looking at Beyonce, you're looking at Lady Gaga, you're looking at Lizzo, you're fucking... That's like saying, oh, I'm a brand new business and I'm going to start and I'm going to look at Microsoft and I'm going to look at McDonald's because they're successful. It, you're not looking... You're looking at the successful brands that come from yeah. the system that is purely like old fashioned and yeah. within Mark. But you're also sitting around all day doing fuck all and listening to fucking probably Marissa Nadler and PJ Harvey and Sharon Renton going and the national going, why can't I do something like that? And then you're you're on the phone to whoever your fucking A and R cunt is and going, by the way, yeah. let's do a record with them. I mean we're talking like, what we're talking about is like the the clash between art an enterprise. I don't think like, clash, I don't think uh, it's sincere like, at all. I think it's completely cynical. I think the way that I look at it is like from someone that works in marketing, I just kinda I look at my competitors and I go, Well what can I do better? And see if I'm at the top of a chain, a pretty high chain, I'll just put a call on AXYZ if I'm that high up and I'll make shit happen to make me look the biggest. <laughs> and that I mean, how deeply fucking cynical is that, right? That yeah. that's that's super cynical because of course that's how fucking sales works. But that's all I care about in the, the day. I think an agency is much higher than we think it is. And I think Yeah, no, no, I, it's no, not, no, 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 it's no, 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 no. But I I th- I think you're coming at this from two different points. I think Mark is saying her personal agency is coming at it from a higher perspective than Chris. But and Chris is not- saying no, it's completely in control of the white board members. And I'm saying, oh no. I think maybe there's a mix. I think she is happy with her. She's, no, no, she's no, 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 no. Do it. No. I- she is no she, she is has to be. in control no, to be, no. but do you know what no. she is on the side of the fucking white men she has been enveloped by the system She's, that is controlling her it's, it's like Stockholm Syndrome right basically you, you know how it works no. Look, I, I, it work. I completely agree with both of you I think personally she has <laughs> like, no how? personally she has agency over this entire thing because she can just say oh I'm pulling out I'm, I'm not in charge it's, of this. You know what? But it's also, actually, it's like fucking Haley Williams. Yeah, exactly. No! The entire Don't thing miss. is. <laughs> yes! <laughs> the entire thing is a fucking. It's a sham! It's a corporate. <laughs> the whole fucking yeah, exactly. thing is a sham. sham! Exactly. We agree. It's a corporate construct Finally. made by a fucking board of white men, and what they've got is. A white woman to come on board and agree with them. A red, a red white woman. The perfect, the perfect proxy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But she has, she's not some sort of naive woman who's yes. gone. She is. No, no, no. What, what she make, what makes is you think happy that, to be rich no. and legitimate, and that is what she is. You look at me. Yeah, she, I, I see if I was Taylor Swift, I'd be looking around, going, "Fucking, what's Lady Gaga doing? What's Rihanna doing? What's she Beyonce might, doing?" Yeah, I, I want she to do might that. not. She absolutely. She might fucking ridiculous optimism. No, no, no. I, I'm thinking about the bottom line. Well, I'm thinking about the Benjamins. Like, like it's all we, the fucking. We're money, saying man, that right? she is on board <laughs> it's, it's on some sort of corporate takeover of alternative art. <laughs> ah! I, I've just agreed with the fa- that fact. She's a total stooge. I think she, I don't think she no, is. I think she she's is. not a stooge. I think she's, she's a fucking. She's an aware stooge. She's no, the hedge fund manager. She's no. the hedge fund manager. She watches. She's All like, right, so question you know you one know of episode three has taken 42 <laughs> minutes and I need to go and pee again. She's, she's like me. She she watches Sopranos and. She's little Stevie. She's. <laughs> little Stevie. She's a total fucking stooge. Uh, no, nah, I think she's right. done it herself, mate. I'm sorry, but. We can agree, disagree, but I think she's done it herself. <laughs> we'll we'll disagree. <laughs> Classic episode. <laughs> she's in charge. That's the whole point. Isn't it? She's in charge. No, she's not in charge. <laughs> so, uh, we went. 25 minutes over our 8 minute limit for that question <laughs> we very much did <laughs> right, we're good we're good <laughs> no, we're not. Uh, okay so if 
if we have decided to make this episode I'll cut that three down. or four or five, uh, who knows? Then I'm swimming. That was even English. We are now into um, so our final. This is definitely the our first final episode. Of episode three. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Mister AJ Borthwick, what are your top three albums of 2020? So, I'm gonna preface this by saying that. I yeah, so this is let's talk about this properly. Yeah, just us being I generally, positive and critical. Yeah, I generally don't make a, like a list of albums that I prefer over others. Who does? Um, but no, people do. Yeah, you've seen it. You've seen do. it on fucking websites like The Clash. Uh, Dave, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I have some that yeah, I would yeah, like yeah, to go mention. For it. Um, so the albums I've listened to the most, according to Spotify, right? Are Brave Faces Everyone by Spanish Love Songs, a punk record. Never heard of it. He was going. He was going. It's it's a it's. Spanish so, love songs. Yeah, somebody somebody described it on Twitter as uh, Bernie Sanders core. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Uh, it's oh, very emo. Shit. It's very emo. They're they're really good songwriters. Okay, um, <sighs> carry on. RTJ Four by Run the Jewels. Ah, it's fine. That made. Do you know what I think? Number, the... number one in most. Uh, you website. fucking high, Dave. No, I I think it's good. I think <laughs> Run the Jewels are slightly overrated. This is Dave being a bit West End. I no, think, no, no. I like. I think Run the Jewels are the most consistent hip hop band of our generation. Mm. No, I think you right. put too much faith in have in one band being the answer every year. I think there is a better hip hop record every year than whatever the Run the Jewels album is. Okay. Okay. I think that yeah, they're consistent, but I don't think they're the best band every year. I think the album is great and also very timely. It no, didn't, they didn't. It's fine. It's good. It's not bad. It's not bad. I just don't <laughs> think it's amazing. <laughs> Fair enough. My third album is actually a record called uh, Armor by a band called Boneflower. Who are a sort of screamo hardcore band? Fucking amazing record. Can't stop listening to it. Really, really good. You got any honourable mentions? Yes, I do. Um, so I don't know if you guys have noticed, but uh, Jacob Bannon from Converge has done a few things this year. I um, I actually don't think I have. I didn't notice. Stuff. So he's he one of the honourable mentions for me is a band called Umbra Vitae. Which is a, a basically a death metal record called Shadow of Life. It's brutal. Truly, Good title. Truly great. Truly great. But recently, he's also released an album. Uh, released an album called DCSM. DCM Five. A band called Blood from the Soul, who are kind of a bit more post-punky. Yeah, also, he's also in American. the band. He's, he's a singer, yeah. All right, cool. He did, Is it on Deathwish? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was the band that he was in that was like power piano metal? That were, are, you, are you thinking about Where Your Wounds? Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't sure about that. Yeah, that was not very good. Power yeah. piano metal. Yeah, yeah. Um, straight up just brutal hardcore mortality rate 
an album called Sleep Deprivation, female fronted hardcore. The album's like 18 minutes long. Female As fronted. opposed to male fronted hardcore. Yeah, I guys. love male fronted hardcore especially. Female fronted. <laughs> it's hard to turn this record. Uh, Korike? Korike? By Korike. You guys must know this, right? Know. I don't know that. Are you fucking mental? Mm-hmm. Is Ian McKay's new band? What he's who? He's the <laughs> Ian McKay. It's he's a, a plumber. Govan. It's a tremendous album. Uh, the sharecroppers. That's like when uh, Danny. Br- I, I probably said this on a, the Danny Brown podcast, but when Danny Brown played the Arches and some my pal got a taxi. So like, oh, where where are you going? He's like, oh, I'm going to see Danny Brown in the Arches. Danny Brown. He's for Govan. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Ian McKay, Amy Farina. Which I believe is his wife and Joel Alley from Fugazi. Fucking, it's a really good album, man. Totally recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> of all the people, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> uh, the Sharecropper's Daughter by Sarok. They say that I should just get over it But I'm openly emotional Cause closed mouths don't ever get fed And I've been starving for some help For all this arbitrary sadness Dave, you heard of that? Nope <laughs> So, she's a hip-hop artist um, Got Black Thought and Saul Williams on the album She's really How do you spell it? Uh, S-A-R-O-C Cool Brilliant Saving Brilliant album uh, Svalbard to an English band sort of. No, Svalbard yeah. Yeah, yeah, I like that I didn't know they had a new album Yeah, when I die I like it better This is a really good album. Cool. Um, <laughs> Tushi Mori's new record. I oh, oh, fucking hate them. I know you hate them. <laughs> it's early, so feeling so do what you will. For the sake of you, And uh, Barty Strange, I don't know if you heard it, this, he, he kind of sounds a bit like TV on the radio. Pretty cool. Her, his new album, Live Forever, is great. Do you like TV in the room? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're alright. Uh, Chris is gone. He's, He's gone. gone. He's fucked, man. <laughs> right, Christopher. But, hang on. The most handsomest man in the world and the guy for, for, and the guy for Bad Religion. Uh, fake names. So Dennis Lixon and uh, Brian Baker for Bad Religion. Um, they've got a new band. It's like power pop, like cheap trick style stuff. Really good. Really recommend that record as well. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right, Chris. What's your favourite records of twenty twenty? <laughs> Can you talk? Are you okay? If you got words, if you got the words, Chris, <laughs> same as yours. Give us the words. <laughs> Do you want me to, to go first? And, then you, and you just go. Yes, I agree. <laughs> like I'm fucking through this job. He's so fucked on celebrations, it's unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> He's had 34 Milky Ways, and we've never seen him this fucked in his life. <laughs> uh, all right, I'm gonna give right. my sh- I'm gonna give my shout outs first. Um, some Belgian drone jazz metal, Neptunian maximalism. That's the name of the band. Okay, I thought, I thought that was the Neptunian that was maximalism. The, the genre. Ba- no, the album is called Eros.
uh, which I think was a Deftones album that never got made. Mm. Um, But yeah, it's like a a triple album, two and a half hours long, and it's actually fucking amazing. Triple album? Yeah. Fuck me. Yeah. (laughs) If you get it on CD, it comes in three CDs, but it's actually really good. Uh, As mentioned on episode... One of the earlier ones. One of the earlier episodes. Was, uh, Princess Nokia, Everything Sucks. Mm. So she released two albums in January, which is always a terrible like a idea. Album. But good you know album. what? Both of them are good. One is positive, one is negative. All of my face like you know me. Bitches love beef like it's Kobe. New York, I am an OG. Everything about me is holy. I am the last of the only. I hear the rumors about me. I hear the people that tell me. I think it's kind of arousing. I love the chatter that happens around me. Stick on my tongue like the people in Mary. Like one is minor key, one is major key. The negative thing. That's yeah. how it works. Uh, and everything sucks is the better one. Uh, Sevdaliza, who is like an Iranian Dutch artist, really fucking amazing. Her artist, her album Shabrang, is really good. Clipping hip hop artist. Oh, I. Oh, called man. Visions of Bodies Being Burned. That's fucking tremendous. Really, really good. Way. Yeah, you sent me very the track. Good. Yeah, very good album. Recently. Very good album. They come in on a swarm and they rain in on your college ass disco. Get your collar turned up in your freshest. Uh, and also, Arca. I heard that. Um, mm. New yeah. record is fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah their record Kick Eye. I didn't really do really something good. this year, so that's pretty cool. Oh, it's fucking great. Uh, and then my top three, and all I've done is, do you know? So what's weird is. Maybe we've spent so much time going back and looking at other albums and going through discographies and stuff like that. Actually, I don't have that much time to spend on new records. Yep. <laughs> um, so all I've done is like list the top three albums that I've actually listened to a lot. And yeah, I really do like these records. So number three would be Jimmy Edgar and Bila B. Which is a uh, the album is called Who I Be, and it's like this really fucking dank, minimalist, trappy techno record. Jamie Edgar is this old techno DJ, and he started getting into like hip hop. That's cool. And uh, yeah, he produced this album with uh, Bila B, and it's yeah, it's fucking amazing. You know, like Rusty, I know you hate, and Hudmo, and all that shit. But I it's do got like hate. really weird mathematical fucking glitchy shit, and ah oh, man, I love it. A uh, second favorite record is Emma Ruth Rundle and Thou. That's a fucking amazing album. Almost put it on my list. Yeah, That's Mayor Chambers really be full. Good. So good. Really very good, yeah. Because yeah. I think it is possibly better than either of their solo stuff. I think I I think it's really brings out the best in both of them and you It's better get, than the uh, the album they did with the body last year, I think. Yeah, I think so. I think it really brings out the best in in both of them. That, and it, that and do you know what it, and it's like cuz we saw Thou last year and they're a little bit one dimensional live. And I think Emma Ruth Rundle is amazing, but sometimes you want sound. heaviness yeah. in her stuff. And this record sounds like fucking sludge Tori Amos, mm. and that's what I want from life. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> and then my favorite album is. Oranzi Pizzazzo, Messa Tirin Kinsi. Yeah, 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 yeah
Finnish prog kraut black metal experimental that's, noise uh, that's interesting are you back with us Chris and, are you uh, back with us I mean Chris what's what's, what's yours what's some of your favourite records uh, my favourite albums are Taylor Swift <laughs> <laughs> Evermore number number two Taylor Swift Folklore number one two three Descent in Order uh, Rancy Pazuzu Mestarin Kinsu Kinsey Kinsey yeah Kinsey. I've heard of that one before Holy fucking it gets the, it gets the holy trinity of being progressive, being evil, and mm. being like I don't know funky. <laughs> no. It's like no, it's not funky. It, um, no, but there's like a dancey so element like, to it. It's something that the band have been hinting at for years. Dave actually, the first time I heard this band, Dave was when you I can't remember the context, but. I mean, they were good. They were really good. I mean, I've, I like. Might, I think it might even be in the black metal. But, yeah, possibly because like their last album, Var had Tejula was from 2016. 2016. No, 2016. I, yeah. I mean, I still think is their best record, and I absolutely no, I fucking mean, love it. But this, this one adds this a whole like element of like, next level. They've gone from being a black metal band with eccentricities to being a prog band with black metal. Like or blackened, yeah, severely blackened. Tendencies. And even the black metal stuff isn't even that black metal. It's like more noise. I mean, yeah, you're right. But vocally, it's very black metal. I mean, you need a suspension of disbelief to be able to do the vocals because I mean, it's got that sort of theatrical lady in black hammer horror, like you know that that really almost silly mm-hmm. camp quality to it. Fucking hell! Like once you get past that, I think it's about eight minutes into the the record. That really sort of you get a little bit inured to that, mm-hmm. and then it goes on a fucking journey. It's a, it's a truly fucking brilliant album. And in preparation for tonight, I was looking back at who had tipped me on it, and it's all people with like really diverse tastes in music, from Cotaluna fans to electro fans to. I mean, Shoegaze fans. It's a really, really interesting piece of work. If you struggle with it, like mm-hmm. bear with it into second and third, and then go back. Um, it's a bit of a shock to the system in the first tune. Um, it's hard, it's hard to explain. I mean, there's a there's a pantomime quality to that uh, breaking the sort of I don't know. Do you know? Like for some reason they are yeah. Pantomime is correct. It's like this weird dramatic evil to them. Like sometimes it's like the child like cradle- catcher from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang or something like yeah, that. Yeah, or but, like Cradle of Filth, like tongue and cheek. Yeah, so. but just way better. Yeah. Um, th- the song that I always send to people is track five on that is Kulin Anya Man Alta. Which is the sort of progiest and maybe the catchiest tune, which it sounds like, like the Phantom Band who then like sound like can or something like that yeah doing metal beyond that probably uh june of 44 uh how do you spell that <laughs> june of <laughs> oh june of sorry i genuinely thought it was juno as in j-u-n-o june of 44 uh it's, it's their first album in 21 years um revisionist colon adaptations plus <sighs> future histories in the time of love and survival, <laughs> it's a I'm totally just thinking of the idea of wanky. a revisionist. Yeah, it's super revisionist wanky. colon. That's what you I mean. Get.
Um, but during the 44, we were on quarter stick. They led to shipping news, HIM, and I don't mean HIM as in the Scandinavian kind of goth metal band. Or, the, or um, HIM as in the, the people that now own Nokia. <laughs> they, they led also to, Finnish. Also yeah. Finnish, yeah. Also <laughs> Finnish. They, they led to like a, a series of really, really interesting post-hardcore, experimental hardcore bands that led on to sort of, um, do make say think, a whole bunch of bands that fused jazz mm-hmm. with post-hardcore. Mm-hmm. Tortoise being a very, very bold example because I think... Oh God, I can't remember the chronology, but at least a couple of members of Tortoise served in HIM. And anyway, point is, there's a there's a big crossover here. Um, but June of forty four haven't appeared since ninety nine, and they brought out this really really excellent. Weird opus, uh, revisionist colon adaptation and future histories in the time of love and survival, and it's, it's pretty good. Great. It's, it's really good. good. And number three, uh, RTG four. <laughs> maybe I'm I'm torn between uh, Mrs. Piss. Did you actually listen to that and you enjoyed that? With self-surgery? With Chelsea Wolf. Yeah. I remember... I think it's not too bad, man. I mean... No, I just... The reason I, the reason I bring it up is because I remember uh, when we were offered the, the, the Steve Von Till interview, it's a little bit of a peek behind the curtain here, <laughs> uh, we were also offered a record by Mrs. Piss and you laughed like, I can't believe it's called Mrs. Piss. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a terrible name. It's a terrible name, but... It's a good album. No, I mean it's a it's a pretty good album. I for, mean, for for yeah, it's not like Chelsea Wolf on their the own. Album, the album the called Self Surgery. Uh, I think we've talked about Chelsea Wolf and Emma Ruth Rundle mm-hmm. a lot together. Yeah, and Emma Ruth Rundle on Thou I think is a lot better than Chelsea Wolf. This is Chelsea Wolf Jess and Jess Gowdy. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think drummer in our band. It's, so, good. Yeah. it's mm-hmm. good. It's not amazing, but there are and also it's only eighteen minutes long. Yeah. Oh, it doesn't really count really? as an album. <laughs> Check it out, the Scottish <laughs> album of the year. Oh. Um, it's it's decent. Shows promise. I would say probably the oh my god, the new Pig Destroyer. Name of it. Name of it. Is Did that come out? That came out yeah. last year. I no, thought. it came out this year. They had a new album this year. What? Yeah, man, I'm, they did. I'm sorry. I can't, I can't remember. remember the name. I listened to it. It's got a really horrible cover, which I loved. Um, it's like black and stuff. Oh, what the fuck's it called? Are you, right. Are you yeah. telling me there's a Pig Destroyer album that I don't know of? Yes. Yeah, 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 man. New one. Brand Give new. Give me uh, head. No, you're you're. H or M? Chris, you're wrong. There's no. Twenty twenty. I'm thinking Head Cage, which came out in 2018. No. Um, nah, man. One? There's no. Uh, the Octagonal the octagonal Stairway, which is an EP. Yeah, that's it. You made an arse of that, mate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah their last album was Head Cage. And You've made an arse of that, right. Chris. <laughs> Can I be honest? I mean, I get. I it, spent most of it. It was a 25 minute long EP. It's I mean, it had a longer Miss Piss record. <laughs> it's yeah. longer than the Miss Piss album. So, two of your favourite yeah. albums. And it's longer albums. than the Nova. Right. Have you got a vote on the Say a Word, Al? Right. I have. I've got <laughs> four votes. Can I just see, see we're talking about albums that are quite short? Albums, quote unquote, albums are quite short. Do you guys, have you guys had a Soul Glow? Uh, no, but you talked about them. Okay, so there's Soul got, Glow. Soul Glow, yeah. They've like, got, just that. So they've, they've released an EP this year called Songs to Yeet at the Sun. Same shit. <laughs> it's <laughs> fucking amazing. Dave, you definitely love it. It's 
brutal hardcore with combined with trap. Oh, I'm into that. Fucking tremendous. So bad. I mean, it could be terrible, but I'm in. It's like my favorite EP of the year. (laughs) 